You are entering a space of thoughts and jokes, of echoes and analysis, a stopover from sense, a sojourn from sincerity, the cross-section between entertainment and bewilderment, a limitless void of laughter and curses from which few escape. You've just crossed the border into the spooky spot. Suppose I'll get started. Hmm. Gotta do a big stretch first, you know. Big stretches? Gotta limber up the podcast muscles. <laughs> yeah, it's been so long. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the spooky spot. Hello? Hello. <laughs> My name is Jess. I'm Liz. And it's been 84 years. But I thought you threw the diamond into the ocean. <laughs> I threw the diamond into the spooky portal, <laughs> and now it's gone. <laughs> So here on the Spooky Spot, we talk about anthology shows like The Twilight Zone, which we're talking about today, now. Here. Here. Right here. And here is also wherever you are. Oh. Because that's how it works. (laughs) (laughs) That's how podcasts work? Yes. Cracked it. We've been over this before. There's, you know, you say the same jokes over and over. Wherever you are, they are. Podcasts are great. So today we're here to talk about. Oh wait, we could. Uh, I don't know. What? I don't know if I want to talk about the, uh, like the new stuff for the reboot, because I feel like if we were <laughs> more timely, <laughs> we probably could have. Could have. But you know, from time of recording, the new series drops in like exactly a month. So I don't know. Just go tell people to watch the trailer. It's true. I I only watched it once because mm-hmm. it like dropped while I was on lunch. So I watched it on my phone and I was like, "Cool, <laughs> scene, thanks." And I have not been back, but um, looks decent. Yeah, you know, I know immediately some episodes they're already doing. I didn't know John Cho was involved, but good for him. I'm excited to see him. Jordan's a good writer. Yeah, I trust. Trust Jordan. I feel like... Oh, we can talk about this at the end. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it. After we talk about the episode... Okay, okay. I'll, okay. I'll have something else to say. Okay. Looking forward to that new series. Although, I don't know if they're, like, only rebooting, like, Greatest Hits-esque episodes. Maybe. Because that... I don't know. It feels like that's... Not cheap, but, uh, like... It could be Greatest Hits. It could just be personal favorites. Yeah. Like what Law & Order did with UK. True. Some are just written the same, just names are changed, and some are new episodes completely. I would hope there would be some new episodes completely. Very slim. It's mostly just, they pulled from the earlier seasons of original Law & Order. Yeah. And wrote it, wrote it for the UK. <laughs> Which, you Is know. that show still on, or are they done? It's hard to tell. Because mm. it's in the UK. So you'll get seven episodes for a season, and then like wait three years, and then you'll get another season of seven episodes. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard to say. Classic. It's, it's kind of right now in the in between. <laughs> when was the last time Law and Order UK happened? A couple years. <laughs> All right. So there might be more. It's gone to the war. Yeah. It's been a very long time since we. Well, express I, something in those terms, but I haven't. It went whenever, to the I, whenever I look it up, it's not. There's nothing concrete of it's over. Mm-hmm. So, 
I could get another season, could not. It's just MIA. Yeah. POW MIA. Yeah. Law and Order UK. Exactly. <laughs> All right, well, we, we're not here to talk about Law and Order UK. We're here to talk about... We're, oh, we're not. The, I, mean, I gotta go. Do you want another <laughs> <No>. podcast? <laughs> We can do another one. I well, mean, there's like eight seasons, so that's only like thirty episodes. Listen, it's a if that if it's a very small pool of source material, we might be able to do a better job than we do on this show. It's a very small pool. The biggest pool is original Law and Order. We know exactly how many episodes we would be doing. Yeah, and maybe their release schedule would line up with ours. <laughs> They haven't updated that podcast in years, but just in time for the new season. Seven new episodes every three to five years. <laughs> Perfect. Here at the Spooky Spot, exactly Perfect. the schedule I can get on board with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we procrastinate and do them all, like, the week before. <laughs> yeah. You know, there you go. Oi. All right. Well... We're here to talk about Twilight Zone. We're here to talk about Season 1, Episode 21 of The Twilight Zone, Mirror Image. It was a dark and stormy night at the bus depot. (laughs) Which is my favorite episode of Spongebob. (laughs) Just that old man. God. (laughs) I can't understand your accent. Inside, we see uh, a young woman. There's also a custodian lady walking around, and there's a man sitting at the front desk. Rod comes in and tells us that this is a uh, Millicent Barnes. Oh wait, no, he does that later. This woman's name is Millicent Barnes. He still tells us. You know? I mean, he tells us that she does some stuff before we find out what her name is. But this woman is Millicent Barnes. Um, she's played by Vera Miles, who was in some famous movies like Psycho. And the man who shot Liberty Valance. Oh. Yeah. She played the sister in Psycho. Um, who I learned was then the villain in Psycho 2. Whoops. Which I didn't know there was a Psycho 2. I learned that. Yeah. Yeah. Psycho 2 still psyching. <laughs> Not quite like that. Have you seen Psycho 2? No. Okay. So we... I was. I wanted to probe your mind about Psycho too, because I did not look too much into it. No. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever watch Psycho too. <laughs> I can't imagine it was that great a movie. Probably not. No. If nobody knew about it. But so she was actually. She's one of the the bigger name stars that we've seen. And Millison here fiddles with some stuff in her purse, and she checks her watch, and then gets up to go to the front desk, and she asks about uh, the bus to Cortland. This old man, I don't know if I like him or not. No. He he crushy. does some shit. But at the same time, he does the kind of customer service that I admire, where the customer is not right. The customer is an idiot, and he's a mood. He's also like a real archetype. Like, we've all seen this crotchety old man. Yeah. You know, he's a crotchety old northern man. Cortland, Syracuse, Buffalo, this takes place in upstate New York. Yeah. Those upstate New York old men. So. You just offended a bunch of people. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> who's, I don't know. No, it's, it's true. <laughs> They're out there. Old men from New Hampshire are very similar. Like, I feel like a lot of that, you know, kind of northern. It's farming. Yeah. Kind of farmy, homey old men, you know. With, with someone 
with a family in New York, I can tell you it's true. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get there from here, kind of, <laughs> kind of way of being. All <laughs> oh, buses late, you know. <laughs> Bridges are out. It's she'll get here when she gets here. Road slick. Road slick. You know, that would be if the man were from New Hampshire. That's how he would sound. Um, so yeah, Millicent, you know, asks where the bus is coming or when the bus is coming. Did I tell you about when I was coming back from my grandfather's funeral and I'm sitting in the airport? The bus isn't there. Bus. You know, the bus at the airport? Yeah. Um, I'm sitting at the terminal. Plane's not there yet. You can see out the window the plane is not there. Uh, A woman went up to the gate attendant and asked when we would be boarding. (laughs) And it's like, the the plane... the plane gets here. The plane's not here. What are you talking about? Like... So when I when I watched this, I was like, when are we getting on the bus? The bus isn't here. It's not here. Oy, but when's boarding, though? When is boarding? Bus not here yet. Today train was late and someone rode on train's house. Now I'm, <laughs> now I'm just, like, tr- linking every form of transportation I've ever experienced this with. Transportation, but make it a meme. <laughs> you know. Transportation's being late. The finest meme of all. And so the old man says, look, I told you last time you came and asked, the bus will get here when it gets here. And Millicent is like... Excuse me? "Uh, The what? The what time that I asked? And he's like, you know, you've been coming over here every ten minutes asking when the bus is showing up. She She's like, but this is the first time I I came and asked. And she, she almost goes off on him, but then sees a suitcase sitting in the bag check behind him and does a double take. Because this looks exactly like her suitcase <laughs> sitting over by her bench. And so, she, yeah, she looks back and forth. And then she's like, ooh, spooky. And she's like, okay, never mind. I'm going to go sit down. <laughs> and she does. And here's where our opening narration comes in, telling us that this is Millicent Barnes, 25, waiting for a bus on a cold November night. Rod says, you know, not a very imaginative or neurotic lady. You know, she basic. Yeah. And I enjoyed this particular phrase, a chain of nightmares will put her sanity on a block. (laughs) Like, damn, Rod. She's about to get fucked up. Mm. We're about to see the gaslighting of Millicent Barnes. Literally, literally what this episode is. Exactly. As she's sitting there, she keeps, you know... Looking at her bag, looking at the bag in the check, looking at her bag. And eventually she gets up and, like, this whole time as she's been kind of looking around, the old man has been, like, staring at her. Like, just glaring at her. And she's like, <laughs> this is really nothing but, like, what's up with that uh, that suitcase? You know, I just couldn't help but notice it looks a lot like mine. You know, even because it's got a broken handle. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's your suitcase. <laughs> you put it here. You checked it. And she says, Haha, no, I couldn't have my, I didn't check my bag. And she turned around and her bag is gone. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> he just does not want to talk to her about this. The old man's like, look, I don't know what you're doing. If you're hungover or what, <laughs> or you're sick, just go sit on that bench. Don't make any noise and let me read my magazine. <laughs> A mood. He's like, you'll know when the bus gets here. Because you're going to hear an engine, 
That sounds like a bus. You know what a bus engine sounds like? <laughs> you're going to hear that. And then some people are going to come in, and that's how you're going to know the bus is here. So stop asking me. Then again, you know, she kind of wants to start something, but instead, you know, leaves. And she goes into the bathroom, and uh, there's a cleaning lady in there uh, scrubbing the sink. And there's also a huge mirror in this room. You know, it's been a while since we've seen a good mirror. Yeah. And, you know, one that gets used as effectively as this mirror. Yeah. Spoiler alert for two minutes from now. (laughs) How dare you? You know, people come here for... The mirror spoilers. The mirror spoilers. And so the the custodian lady asks, she's like, hey, are you okay? You look kind of, you know, not looking so hot. And Millicent's like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, it's fine. Why does everyone keep saying this? And she's like, well, when you were in here before, bum, bum, bum. It's like, no. This is the first time I am here. Why does everyone keep talking like this? What is going on? Me? I've never been here in my life. The custodian's like, hey, hey, hey. Everything's gonna be okay. It's gonna be fine. Like, it's good. Why? You, you were just in here, but you're fine. You were just in here. You Don't yell at me. <laughs> Milson's starting to get a little afraid here. She's like, yeah, everything's going to be fine. It's cool. Leave me alone. She whips open the bathroom door and then turns around and bingo, sitting in the reflection, it's her on the bench outside in the waiting room. And it's a great shot of her looking in the mirror. I, I know why, like, the custodian doesn't react because, like, if she's looking out the same way she could also see yeah. her sitting on the bed. Like, I know why she doesn't react and whatever, because that would, you know... Kind of the whole point of this is that nobody else sees the double, so no one else reacts, so it does look like she's crazy. But, you know, the cleaning lady would see the other woman. But also, like, I've got some issues. <laughs> Feel free to jump in. Well, because... Spoiler alert for a little later, but not really. She... Millicent mentions converging of timelines Mm -hmm. because at one point when you first see the bag it's checked but it's also next to her bench yeah so it's two places at once which great that's converging and that's happening at the same time Mm -hmm. and then then there's only one bag again and then yeah this cleaning lady technically how the shot was framed should have seen the lady sitting on the bench because the bench is in front of the door yeah but wouldn't, like, the old man who's being pestered about the bag be like, he would see her, he would, he w- he's he been watching her, mm-hmm. so he saw her just go in the bathroom, and now he's seeing her pop up on the bench again, mm. and then he sees her pop out of the bathroom again, and it's like, does he not question any of this? I mean, I would- Because <laughs> he's now interacted with both. I would think that when he's not looking around, he's looking at the magazine- just happens to be those just exact seconds. Could be. Like, <laughs> listeners can't see me shrug, but... Yeah. Eh, yes. Like, he could literally just be okay. reading the fucking mag... Or, you know, he just doesn't care. Yeah. Because this man also just doesn't care. I think he would care if there's some spooky hoodoo going on in his bus depot. Or... Because, <laughs> like, spoiler alert for my whole theory on this episode, um, that bus station is extremely cursed. Yeah, literally. <laughs> That is, a, that is a cursed bus station, and this old man knows about it. <laughs> he's a peddler. <laughs> he's a weird peddler, yeah. He's from the other world. He crossed over and pushed out the nice old man, yeah. who was the baggage check dude in this world. Yeah. 
And, you know, now he's he's from the crotchety universe, <laughs> and he just sits there reading that magazine. That's my theory on why he just doesn't care. <laughs> but yeah, just little things like that got me during this episode. Yeah. I'm like, he, he would have seen it. And it's like, obviously, you have, you have limited resources with the time period and the cameras and shooting back then. Yeah. And also, you know, if it's a half-hour piece, you're not going to dig into every possible yeah. branching interaction. So Melson sees herself sitting on the bench out here, and she's like, oh, just gotta shut the door on this. Oh, didn't see that. If it was me, I would have ran out there and been like, the hell? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, get spooked, but then also confront it. <laughs> well, that's the difference between you and this basic woman. This basic woman with a head on her shoulders. I don't have one. <laughs> Got it. I'm walking around with my head under my arm. Yeah, I'm Sleepy Hollow. Get used yeah. to it. It's me, Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> Headless check. Horseman, we're getting there. Yeah, working on it. The cleaning lady... Like, takes her washing rag. I know! And she's like, here, let me put a cold compress on your forehead. She was just, like, scrubbing the sink, and she's like, oh, here's a wet rag, and it's like, ugh. Nope, nope, but okay. Nasty. Like, thanks. You're trying to help, but that's nasty. Thanks for trying, but you're nasty. Millicent whips the door open again. Um, The bag is back, but the double is gone. Yeah, they don't explain why the bag is back. It's... You know. It's like what? Time time shit. Time and space bullshit. Because, like, the double, yeah, it would have been just like a a blip. Yeah. A blip yeah. Back, at her re- back to her reality. Whoop, there goes gravity. Uh, shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh. It's awful. Shit. This show is awful. Um... <laughs> Molson sits down again, and she looks around, and the the old man, like, catches her looking around, and he's like, I, mm, I wasn't looking at you, I wasn't staring, nothing. Yeah, he's so nosy, I don't like that. He really is. Well, you know, I feel like that happens a lot, like, in the Twilight Zone in general, is there all, there's always, like, a couple characters who are, like, super gossipy. And it's you know that's that's Rod calling folks out on their yeah. their gossipy nonsense. I say as a person who loves to gossip, <laughs> but you know, whatever. Milsa walks over there like she's gonna go ask about this, and then she's like, "Oh wait, he hates me. Uh, I'm I can, gonna. I can never talk to him again. I can't ask him questions anymore. He'll just make fun of me." So she goes and talks to the only other people in this waiting room, which is. Uh, an old couple sitting sleeping. Who are asleep. They're asleep <laughs> on a bench. Um, she wakes them up, asks the old woman if she saw anybody sitting in Millicent's seat. Both of these old actors wake up very naturally mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. awkwardly at all. Never. She She's like trying to play it cool. She's like, did you like see anybody sitting over in my seat? And the old lady's like, no, but... You know, I also wasn't looking. Because I was asleep. Because I was sleeping. And so she's trying to play it cool, but it's, you know, it's not working because she's kind of a weirdo now. She's like, okay, cool. Um, never mind. Uh, thought it, Just thought I saw somebody I knew. Bye. And uh, as she goes back, the, um, the checked bag behind the counter is gone. Tale of two bags. Which one's the real bag? 
True. Both. <laughs> you know. The feel of putting something down and then having it move on you. Quite Sounds, a, It's a mood. It's unsettling, yeah. I do it all the time. <laughs> where, you know, I put something down and then I come back and I'm like, I don't know where it is. And it turned around, I I moved it somewhere else. You know, the score is kind of starting to get a little more tense because, like, we're building. Millie sits down on the bench again. And she has a little voiceover where she's like, what is going on? What's happening to me? Am I sick? Am I losing it? She's like, why am I having these delusions? I think the last time we heard delusions was in the first episode. Yeah. Nobody's been having delusions lately. I mean, they kind of are. Yeah, but, you know, they don't call them by that name. We don't use the word delusions in modern day society. We, we call people delusional. Yeah. Well, that's about it. But to say that the thoughts that they have are delusions has fallen out of favor. She's also said she's having a queer time. Our, she's seen all kinds of queer things, she says. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know. She's having delusions. Queer delusions. Hey. Name my new album. <laughs> Honestly, why isn't it? You know, Gay Baseline's new album, Queer Delusions. <laughs> yeah. Done. Love it. But as she's, you know... Checking herself for a fever and whatnot, she catches the cleaning lady looking at her from the bathroom, and the woman immediately shuts the door <laughs> like, oh, I wasn't looking. And while she's thinking, uh, a guy kind of snaps her out of it, because he's like, hey, you, you drop something. And it, there's this perfectly normal dude handing her back her purse that she just kind of dropped. Dropped somewhere. You know, I, <laughs> she was holding it in her hands and then, you know, checked her forehead for a fever, dropped her damn purse. Who knows? <laughs> he sits down to her, sits down next to her in this completely empty bus station. Like, two inches away from her on an empty bench, empty bus station. Empty bus. Mm. Couldn't even sit on the other side of the bench. Nope. Right next door. Right next to her. Um, and he just starts talking about how the bus is late. And he's like, ha oh boy, I was supposed to be in Syracuse, but I couldn't get a flight, and then the cab I got skidded on the road and I had to walk all the way into town. Anyway, Nobody my name is... Asked. <laughs> Nobody asked. I walked away from the scene of an accident. <laughs> Probably. Uh, cab driver died. I don't care. I don't know. Hey, it's me. My name is Paul. <laughs> Hi, Paul. Hey, Paul. Um, yeah, I just love... He just gives so much information. It's like, buddy, nobody even asked. <laughs> Buddy, we don't need this exposition. That certainly is a way to introduce yourself, though. That's true. He asks if uh, Millicent is sick because she's just kind of been staring at the floor this whole time. Because, you know, he she also doesn't care. She's got a lot going on right now. Don't need this. And he's like, well, maybe I can help you. And it's nice of him to maybe think that he can help. Um, and naturally, she doesn't know how to, like, what she can tell him. She's just like, yeah, you know, some uh, queer things have been happening to me. Queer things happen to me every day. Everything that happens to me is a queer thing. Get used to it, Millicent. Damn, Millicent. Don't just tell people that you've been seeing things. No, she goes right into it. Oh, yeah. Well, she ha she hesitates for maybe like a minute. She doesn't like warn him. Mm. She's like, <laughs> you're gonna think something's wrong with me. She's like, you're probably gonna call the cops or something. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Spoiler alert, she's right. He fucking narks on her. <laughs> um, 
does she explain her job situation before or after she admits that she's seeing things? It's just like one big conversation. It's true, yeah. It's, it just goes back and forth. Where, yeah, he introduced himself as Paul now. I don't remember if we've seen a Paul before. No. Okay, so this is the first time Paul. Yeah, they had pretty normal names this episode. Yeah. Millie tells him about how she quit her job in this town. I don't think this town that they're in ever gets a name. Because they're taking the bus to Cortland. Yeah. So, you know, upstate New York town. And uh, she got a new job in Buffalo. And that's where she's going tonight. And, oh yeah. Then she confides in him that uh, everybody's been saying she's been, you know, walking around saying stuff. You know, they act like they've seen me before. She's like, oh yeah, and then like my bag. <laughs> and she turns around and she's like, my bag! <laughs> it moved like two inches. He's like, it's right, it's it's there. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> and it's a good bit, but it's not like supposed to be a joke, I don't yeah, think. no. But. It's, I think it's supposed to like just dredge up sympathy for her. It's yeah. like, you already got it, but this is just funny now. Yeah. And this whole conversation, the ticket man is just glaring at her from his desk. Can't stand him. And yeah, she like she recaps everything that happened in like the past, you know, seven minutes. But yeah, she stops just short of telling him when she sees the actual double. Um, and she's like, "Okay, so I like saw myself on the bench." <laughs> <laughs> and Paul says, "Well, um, maybe there's a logical explanation. Some some kind of explanation. Uh, you know." Somebody's playing a joke on you or something? Um, <laughs> Nelson's like, I'm not a kook, though. <laughs> like, I'm not crazy. And he's like, well, maybe yeah, it's just a lookalike? I don't know. Nelson says, well, that wouldn't explain, like, the whole bag thing. Except, you know, if it's a joke, then it totally would. Like, that's part yeah. of the joke. But, you know, no fucking joke. Just a fucked up cursed train station. <laughs> bus station. I don't know. Station. You know. Depot. Depot. Finally, our precious bus shows up. Paul takes her bag for her, you know, like a fine gentleman. It's not checked anymore. It's not <laughs> her suddenly unchecked bag. She's like, oh, it's that's very kind of you. And he's like, well, it's easy to be kind to you because you clearly need help. <laughs> There's something wrong with you. Yeah. And so they head outside to the the bus driver she gives her ticket to him while, you know, Paul's getting his together. We see her look in the mirror. Not the mirror. Window. The window. Which is kind of like a mirror when you think about it. <laughs> what are mirrors if not windows to the same world that you also can't go through? <laughs> but she looks in the into the bus and loses it. And she runs back inside. Paul chases after her. Tells the bus guy to wait a second. Then we see that her double is sitting in the bus already. And she looks really smug. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, like, but... Spoiler alert, uh, Paul also has a double later on, and he also looks pretty smug. I, I'll, I'm a, I'll talk about Paul's double later on. Yeah, yeah so... old This furthers the, the <laughs> theory that the old man came from the other world, because <laughs> uh, he's also, like, a smart, condescending jackass. Um... <laughs> Millicent's double looks really smug. Paul's double looks... The, the other plane is full of really smug jerks who are just going to eke out your existence <laughs> and force you to go away. So we come back and uh, Paul has set Millie up laying on one of the benches. 
and uh, the cleaning lady hands him that same damp washing rag. You know, I can't... Be- she didn't get another one, for no. sure. There's only the one. Oh, no. The bus driver comes to the door, and he's like, are you getting on the bus? Because <laughs> I have to leave. And uh, Paul says, no, we'll, uh, we'll just wait for the next one. Um, the bus driver says, well, the next one isn't until 7 in the morning. Okay, bye. Um, <laughs> you know, because he was only paid to read three lines. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, nobody actor. The old man's like, okay, well, I'm going to turn some lights off. When it's not in use, turn off the juice. That's what I always say. No one cared and no one asked. Nobody asked. Nobody <laughs> cared. Also, this isn't not in use. There are people in your bus depot. Don't turn the lights off. Mm-hmm. He stays in the bus depot. He's he, still he in the He turns the light off on himself. <laughs> like, what the hell? I'm just going to sit here in the dark pretending to read my magazine what for if, the next four hours. What if someone comes in during those times getting ready for the 7 a.m. bus, and they're like, oh, it looks closed because all the lights are off. Yeah. <laughs> bus depots are generally open and all the time. Cause, not you know, use. Turn off the juice. Turn off the juice. He just puts himself in every situation. Exactly. I just have a, a line in my notes here that says, tell the thousands of snakes story. Um, so, when I was growing up, when my family lived in that brown house, yeah. When you were in the driveway, like, you could see the window to my brother's room. Yeah. And so, like, if we were leaving somewhere in the evening, my parents saw that the light was on in his room. You know, why are you leaving lights on if nobody's home? Nobody's in there. My my dad would always say, you know, who's in your room? Why is the light on? Who's in your room? And my brother would always respond with thousands of snakes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> Your brother, I swear to God. I feel like it's the first time my brother's come up on this show, which is also surprising. Very surprising. That, you know, the thousands of snakes story is the one that makes it. I can't believe I've never heard this before. I, it was like, like the B-side of the, of the great <laughs> stories about my brother is the thousands of snakes story. God. Um... <laughs> but, like, I, I literally forgot about it until I was watching this episode. <laughs> Had not thought about this for nigh on 15 years, but thousands of snakes. It's <laughs> right off the bat, thousands of snakes. Thousands of snakes. <laughs> it's fucked up. A little bit, but every time. Because every, my dad would, you know, ask every single time over they left his li- yeah. damn lights on. And every time it was thousands of snakes. God. And yeah, your brother would have been, like, a kid. Yeah. Yeah. He was a youngin'. Yeah. Yeah. Did he want a snake? Not that I ever knew of, but also, he definitely didn't do it to fuck with my dad, but my dad hates snakes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure your dad loved it. I'm sure, yeah. I, I didn't think about that connection either until just now. Uh, did I ever tell you about the time when we were living in the, the gray house? My dad found a snake in the garage, and... My mom made me come down and take care of it. Yeah. That was the same time when he wanted to spray paint it so he could tell if it came back. Oh, your dad. Dear listeners, if you spray paint a snake, it's going to shed its skin. Like, the spray paint doesn't do anything. He wanted to hunt and tag. But he wanted to tag this snake. So he would know if it returned or stayed on on his property. Exactly. Vendetta against Uh, this one snake. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, once your mom mentioned the shedding of the skin, he's he was like, so? <laughs> Just get it. <laughs> I, I was not able to get it. You know, I almost had it in a bucket because, you know. I was just going to gently prod it in there, and then it found a crack in the foundation of the garage, and it went down under there. I could not get him back. My dad almost poured water down there. (laughs) He almost, like, went and got hot water to pour down that crack, and I was like, Dad, leave it alone. It's a snake. It's not hurting anybody. That's like when people say shark-infested waters, and that is, they live there! They live there! That's like... Going to bother a snake in the fucking grass. They live there! I mean, this was technically in the garage. Like, you guys barely used the garage. Well, it was when my dad was trying to turn it into a place to hang out. With, oh, yeah. With the chili lights and whatnot. That oh. I I don't remember if he took when they moved. I don't remember if he did. Really? I don't think so. Damn. I think he left them behind. Why don't we have a bunch of chili lights? You That's know? all I've ever wanted is a bunch of chili lights. I mean, I got, like, that bunch of other lights that I'm still too lazy to hang up. Those are Christmas lights. Those are Christmas lights. Chili lights are their own thing, their own entity. Hmm. They bring a different kind of joy. All right, so... I don't even know where to buy them. I, neither do I. Like, internet, presumably? Well, yeah, internet. Yeah? But I'd rather, you know... Find them organically? Yeah. <laughs> organic chili lights. <laughs> organic chili lights! <laughs> We have only the finest free-range yeah. chili lights. Yeah. No pesticides. <laughs> no GMOs. <laughs> exactly. I did not mean to make that But it joke, happened. But it, it happened. happened. Uh, <laughs> God. All right, so thousands of snakes. Thousands. Le- leave the lights on for them. <laughs> um, the cleaning lady also leaves, and uh, on her way out, she says to Paula, she's like, hey, you're being real nice, but, um... She crazy. I think she needs some help, taps forehead, if you know what I mean. Okay, bye. <laughs> Enjoy that gross turpentine-soaked rag I gave you. <laughs> the lights go dim, and there's... There's, like, a funky lighting effect that they do. It's, like, light being shown through some flowing water, but it's on the wall of the the bus station behind them. Like, that's not how the light would work, I don't think. They just needed light. I mean, it's it's a nice effect, but it doesn't make sense for the spaces we have seen it. Yeah. Um, actually, I do. I really like the lighting in this when the lights get low. Paul sits down, um, and Millicent wakes up, and she's immediately like, The bus! <laughs> and he's like, hey, hey, you know, it's it's fine. She's like, but you need to be on the bus. He's like, nah, hey, I'm I'm this late already. Like, it's it's fine. Yeah, and he didn't even see the double on the bus. He just saw her freak out. Yeah, he just saw her book it. And so he's like, hey, are, you know, you feeling better? You all right? Here's where Millicent kind of dips into some... What I thought was another one of those pulled straight from the headlines things, like the concept of parallel universes. But... I guess what Rod actually got the the inspiration from this episode from was he saw a man at an airport who had the same bag and, like, the same, like, suit on. Mm -hmm. And he only saw this man from behind and he watched him for, like, a long time and was like, that's fucked up. But then, like, the dude turned around and was much younger and, like, more, quote, more handsome than him. And he was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Never mind. But... Like, I, I thought that this had been a, a pulled from the headlines, like, parallel universe, how fucked up is that kind of thing. 
But no, it's, you know, it isn't. But she does. She goes on this long monologue about how she was reading about different planes of existence and parallel worlds and everyone has a counterpart in the other world and sometimes some freak thing happens where the the worlds converge and the counterpart crosses over and and they have to replace us so they can live and she doesn't say it maybe like a sinister way but just in kind of like a vaguely spooky way yeah since rod called her a quote-unquote girl the head on her shoulders it's like why was this, she reading this? This is yeah, like even if you just heard it, some this is pretty crazy for you. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is pretty wild, and yeah, it, it's all going like way over Paul's head. He's like, <laughs> yeah, sure, this is a little metaphysical for me. Yeah, this is like all some pretty textbook like doppelganger kind of lore, where. Like, the lore around them is often that, you know, they're harbingers of death. Like, if you see your doppelganger, you're, you're gonna die. Like, Lincoln saw his once. Before he got shot. But I don't remember if, like, sometimes it's, yeah, if you see them, it means they're gonna kill you, or just you'll die in general. I think also part of it is sometimes they try to convince you to do stuff. Mm. So, like, when you see them, you're 100% not supposed to talk to them. Because they'll try to get you to do something. I never heard this much doppelganger lore in my life. I heard it on a podcast once. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, just in general of being a spooky kid, I was like, let's look up some weird things, clack to clack 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 on the internet in the early aughts. And now I am this way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Paul's like, hey, let's let's stop talking about this. And then suddenly he air quotes remembers that he has a friend who has a car and maybe he can call and the friend will give them a ride Millie isn't responding she's just kind of lost in thought over this whole doubles situation and he's like okay I'm I'm gonna go call my friend now don't don't go anywhere he does try to ease her into it he's like is that all right if I go call yeah like he's not Showing his true colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's keep he's playing it close to the vest, but it is clear that he's you know backing into something here. So Paul goes over to the uh, the desk where the old man has one hundred percent been eavesdropping this whole Which, time. I hate that part the most because he's like, "What is she saying about alternate universes and all that crap?" And I'm like, "Can you not? Can you can you just not?" Exactly. And he he shares his you know unasked for opinion. And at least he knows nobody fucking asked for it. He's like, hey, unasked, I think she's crazy. Got a leak in her attic is the exact phrase he uses, which is, you know, stupid, but okay. He's like, well, you know, you are you, like, into sick people or something? Like, get out of here, old man. What the fuck? I can't stand him. And, yeah, this is where I really started to turn on old man. <laughs> you know, in the beginning when he was just giving bad customer service, I was pro old man and now now I am not and so Paul's like yeah I don't know like what's what's going on um and the old man's like well are you gonna call your friend with the car and he's like there is no friend with the car um he's like well who are you gonna call and Paul's like the police I guess like she needs to go to a hospital she needs help and yeah we cut back to Millie just disassociating on the bench. Literally, she's so out of it. Oh, she's checked out. And she 
runs back into the bathroom while Paul is making this call and starts asking where the double is. She's like, where are you? Like, what's going on? What's happening? Now she wants a facer. Yeah. Now she wants to go. Nah, well, she's on the bus. Well, she she's on the bus now. She went to Cortland. She's like, taking your job. She's taking your Buffalo job, and you can't do anything about it because you didn't confront her those two times you saw her. But, you know, while she's standing around shouting in the bathroom, uh, Paul comes to the door and asks if she's all right. And she's like, ah! <gasps> <laughs> Spokes her. You know, she's ramped up into fourth gear at this point. <laughs> she comes out. And he's like, all right, you, you want to go get some fresh air? You know, out in the rain, but okay. Slash, we're going to go wait for the cops. Yeah, he, like, puts his <clears throat> hand on her arm like he's leading her out. He's like... Hey, like a perp. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he, he grabs, like, her hat and her purse off the bench as they walk by. And the, the cops are, like, right there, like, the minute yeah. they get outside. Fucking bus depots right next to the fucking <clears throat> police station, apparently. Maybe. I mean, some of these, you know, towns are pretty small. You know, they can have a bus depot and a police station, maybe a mail station and well, nothing yeah, else. But this is, yeah, they say this is 4 a.m. Can you imagine getting a call, like, the police getting a call at 4 a.m.? It's not 4 a.m. because it's, um... Well, no, yeah, Paul goes back to the bus station, he goes back inside, and he's like, oh, it's 4 a.m., you can take a nap. No, he says you have four and a half hours oh. until 7 a.m. Well, it's... So it's, it's, it's like 2 a.m. right now, which so, is even worse. The cops getting a call... It's like, oh, there's a crazy lady at the bus depot. Can you come get her? <laughs> yeah, they're like, they just like bust out of the doors. Like, we gotta go get her. Finally, something to do. <laughs> like, what the hell? Let's go, Jerry. <laughs> the cops snatch her real quick because she sees not the even cops. nicely. She sees the cops. She goes to like run back inside, but one of them's already out of the car. They grab her. She screams. Yeah, and like Paul just kind of looks at the ground, like. They're just doing their job. Yeah, it's it's real uncomfortable. And so there's something that I hadn't thought about until I was taking notes on this. And, like, maybe you can tell me. Like, I don't think it's intended. And maybe you can tell me if this is, like, a it's not that deep, fam. But, like, Millie confides in this dude that she's, you know, having a hard mental time. And then he calls the cops on her. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's a thing a lot of people are inclined to do in real life. Like, they see a mentally ill person, they call the cops on them. And, like, I definitely don't think that's something that Rod intended in this episode, but it's, like, something that I thought about where I'm, like, yeah, like, I've I've seen people, you know, walk around on streets and, like, they're, they're clearly having a hard time, but, like, I would never call the cops on them. No. It's, like, they don't deserve that because, you know, nothing's, nothing good is going to happen to her now that they called the cops on her. Literally. And Paul's, like, oh, yeah, they took her to the hospital for observation. It's, like, what? It's like, what no. do you... Th- what do you think's going to happen to her? Do you know what kind of help she's going to get? No. Back in fucking that age? Back back in 1950s days? Nothing good is going to happen to this poor the woman. The worst hospital. No. Like, she's, you know, going to wind up in an institution for the rest of her life, telling everybody that she saw her double, and you made that happen. <laughs> like, you could have just not called the cops on her, but, you know. Yikes. Yikes. So, yeah, he looks the other way as they drive her off. Yeah, he um, could have he, he could have asked about her family. Like, oh, is there someone who could come get you? Yeah. He could have done a lot of He could have, I don't know, actually called somebody he knew with a car. Like, yeah. He could have called another fucking taxi. Like he did before. Yeah. Like, there's there's a lot of things he could have done. Um, yeah. He's just trying to help. You know, I'm just trying... No, oh, the cops are your friends. They're fucking not. <laughs> no. Hey, listeners, don't ever call the cops <laughs> on a mentally ill person. Please, no. 
And yeah, the the old man is like, oh, they take her? What was all that stuff she was saying? And Paul's like, I don't know. I guess it's just part of her illness. Yeah, and he's like fully convinced she does have one now. Yeah. At first he was like, oh, you're just having a bad day. Yeah. And now he's he's like, oh, no, she's sick. Oh, no, she was sick. And the old man's like... She disassociates once in a bus depot, okay? What are you going to (laughs) do? God. (laughs) And so the old man's like, okay, well, you know, you got like four hours. You can just sleep on that bench. He's like, you'll be completely alone. No noise till morning. This place is like a tomb. He's so creepy. What a weird ass thing to say. (laughs) It's so fucked up. Like, don't talk like that. He really wants him to sleep on the bench. What's okay? <laughs> yeah, he's from the other world. That's how they get you. He's there recruiting people to stay for long enough that a double can be made of them. The real villain was this old man the whole yeah, time. I hadn't thought about it like that before, but yeah, he's extremely unsettling. That, the that more line I think about definitely. It. If you weren't unsettled before, it's definitely that line of "it's quiet as a tomb." No noise at all. It's like, you're completely alone. No one's coming to help you. Except you're not completely alone, because that old man's going to be there while you're sleeping the whole time. Yeah. Creepy as hell. Well, you know, the old man knows about the whole double situation. He's like, you have to be completely alone in order for the double to show up. Me, the creepy old man, I make it happen. And so Paul's like, yeah, uh, you know, I guess I can sleep for a little bit. And he puts his suitcase on the floor. I just go, I just, you know... I had this woman arrested. I can go to sleep. Yeah, I can just go to sleep right now. No, she killed on my conscience. (laughs) I did the right thing. Right. Because, you know, it's 1960 and the cops are trustworthy and the system will help people. (sighs) So he puts his suitcase on the floor. We zoom in on it for a hot second. Yeah, we have to put a lot of emphasis on the suitcase. Hey, remember that suitcase he put on the floor half a second ago? You gotta make sure you look at it. Yep. Paul goes over to the, the water bubbler. He takes a drink, and when he leans down, he blocks the view of the suitcase. When he straightens back up, the bag is gone. Gone. Gone! He catches sight of a man running out of the depot, so he chases him. But it's funny, is that the man's not holding the bag. The man's not holding the bag. <laughs> he grabbed it, like, threw he it. He yeeted the... it across the bus depot. He checked it. He just he threw it to the old man, and he checked it. He's like, no, that bag's checked. <laughs> checked, you can't have it. Yeah. It's like it's mine now. <laughs> And then, yeah, he ran out. And he he runs out of the depot, and Paul's like, hey! He chases the other man, starts running. He just thinks he's a stranger. Yeah, he doesn't realize that it's him. Paul's running, chasing, but then you see the other dude come in from out of frame. Like, it's a weird way that they did it. They had to introduce him running, too, and they just did it really weird. Yeah, Yeah. he he wasn't already running. He comes into frame running. They weren't sure how to edit that. No. <laughs> and so, yeah, the the two of them are running, and we can see, you know, hey, that's Paul. It Paul. Yeah, double Paul looks, you know, he's not having a hard time running. No. It's a it's a, another dimension full of really smug good runners. He's having a really good time. Yeah, so. See, I always thought of it, and, like, you're seeing it as, like, cursed bus station, but I, when I first watched it and I saw Paul, the second Paul running... I was like, oh, that's just a trickster fucking with people. Like, that's just one trickster just fucking with people. Because Second Paul's having such a fun time. He's like, I'm going to get your life. <laughs> like, My life now, motherfucker. Yeah, I'm going like, to Syracuse. Like, literally, like, he's having a, he's having way too much fun. And I thought of just, like, one trickster at the bus depot just 
fucking with random people. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, maybe it just really sucks in that universe. And they're like, well, yeah. I'm going to go to the other universe. Yeah. Ruin some schmuck's life. Yeah. And I'm going to get a brand new life. Yeah. For me. Some fucked up weirdo. JK, the other universe is the Fey universe. <laughs> they're all Fey. They're all Fey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Yikes. But, That's uh, why they just want to fuck things up. Damn. OG Paul can't catch his double, and the man, like, immediately disappears. Yeah. He, well, he looks, yeah, he looks back at him, smug as shit, yeah. and then, yeah, he's gone. But then, like, Paul's, like, looking around. Like, he's not looking in the direction that the man ran anymore, but he's, you know, just shouting, hey, where are you? Just out into the night. Rod wraps us up, wraps us up pretty quick, and he's like, hey, you know, maybe this was parallel worlds. Maybe these people were just crazy. I don't know. <laughs> Both things happen here in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> oh, God. Love it. Bus station in the wee hours of the morning, 100% aliminal space, prime for planal crossover. Mm-hmm. And that's all I gotta say about that. Or, you know, your local trickster. Yeah. Just fucking with folks. Yeah, my brain went to local trickster. <laughs> but, you know, liminal spaces are real and true. Yeah. Absolutely. I've been in many a bus station in the wee hours of the morning. It's it's a liminal space if ever there was There's one. a bunch of people online saying that 5 a.m. is prime time. It's like, no, 4 a.m. For someone who works at night and is at out at night all the time, 4 a.m. will fuck you up. Cause 3 to 4, yeah. Those are the... 3 will get you a little bit. It's not too bad. But like 3.30 to 4, mm-hmm. that, that will fuck you up. Yeah. Have you heard the bit from Mike Birbiglia where he talks about, he talks like about exactly that, about how 4am is not a real time. (laughs) Like if you walk outside, it's like the world has not loaded yet. Yeah, literally. Like you see a guy, you know, like a bunch of construction workers standing outside, there's a guy tapping on a laptop like, hey, load up some road, we need some road over here. Yeah, 4am will just, it's very unsettling. And then, you know, it's 4.30 and the sun's coming up sometimes. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, not coming up, but like you can. It's lighter behind yeah. some trees. You know that the day is going to start. Yeah, but 4 a.m. Fucked up if true. Fucked up. Every bus de- depot is at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you like this episode? I like parts of it. I think I liked it a lot more talking about it. Yeah. With you, because you know I hadn't really considered cursed bus station. Yeah. Um. Yeah, with the whole. Paul, like, Paul's double, like, just kind of popping out of frame, out of existence. It kind of, like, does... Because Millie was talking about convergence and everything. Mm-hmm. And how, with convergence, obviously, it's going to convert at some point, and then other points it's not going to. And you can kind of put that back with the suitcase, her suitcase. How converging, there was two at one point, and then there was one again. And then the convergence would have the doppelganger's timeline be you know, dominant, and then her timeline with the bag next to her would be dominant, and it'd kind of flip-flop. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how Paul's double popped out. Just, they converged, and then he just got to flip out again, because yeah. it, it's not converging anymore. <laughs> the yeah, Matrix so. isn't stable. Mm. <laughs> or their their little portal isn't stable. <laughs> Maybe. But Millie got in. Or, you know, he turned the fucking corner when he was running. I don't know, it seemed like a really wide street. Yeah, it was, like, out in, like, a warehouse district yeah. it almost looked like. So I don't... I, I don't know. You know, we don't know if he disappeared. He was or, advanced trickster. He, it's true. 
he, he was, you know, a thousand years older. And with how he, like, ran out the door, like, snatching a suitcase, like, a couple feet away from the guy, and then just booking it out, it's like he wanted to get caught. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's parts of the episode I liked, but... Okay, now I remember what I was going to talk about at the beginning of the episode when you said, you know, Jordan Peele's a good writer. I feel like he could do justice to this. Yeah. Because this is... I feel like we watched this, like, right after the Us trailer came out. This is a lot like Us, his new movie, where people get plagued by their fucking doppelgangers. Mm -hmm. This could be in the reboot very easily. We just don't know what he's doing with the episodes yet. It's true. Have you looked online to see, like, if there's an episode list yet? Or titles. I, I haven't looked, but, you know, in the trailer, there was, you know, imagery for several very iconic episodes. Yeah. This doesn't have a really specific look to it, so you couldn't be able to point to it and say, ha ha ha, rebooting mirror image, but it could very easily be a rebooted one, because it doesn't, you know, there's not a lot of hard 60s ass things in it, yeah. where it's, you know, because some of the things, it's like, well... This piece of technology only existed in, you know, 1959. Now we wouldn't... Like, a lot of the space ones can't get rebooted. Because we've been there. Because <laughs> we've been out there and we know more about space now. Yeah. We, you can't make people suspend disbelief for that. But, you know, people still sit in the bus depot at 4 a.m. So, still do this. And he could do this well. Yeah. Just give him a big mirror. Just give him a big old mirror. Do you want to hear what we're watching next week? Yeah. Alright. No. No. You know? I don't know why I'm asking. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so next week... I don't know why I say next week. I don't know if it's going to be next week. Next time. Next week. Next... Uh, you know. Next week on the Twilight Zone. Next week on the... The Spooky Zone. Um, We'll be watching Season 1, Episode 22. The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. A power failure causes the residents of a suburban neighborhood to suspect one another of being monsters from outer space planning an invasion. See, mm -hmm. I could have swore in, like, fifth grade mm -hmm. we read a short story that was this. I believe this one is based on a short story, because this is also... This episode is just straight up a call-out post for the Red Scare. Mm. The monsters are... Yeah. Commu it's communists. You know. And it was Maple Street... Monsters are due on Maple Street. Yeah, I like Maple Street. That's like what makes me remember it. And it's, yeah, the power went out. Everyone just gathers in the street, mm -hmm. pointing fingers at each other. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. I read this in like fifth grade. Yep. And yeah, everyone was kind of blown back because it was the first time you're introduced to that kind of shit. That God introduced children to the concept of the Red Scare real early. Yeah. So that way they'll <laughs> take part in it next time it happens. What the fuck? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think they're maybe they're just trying to show us that, hey, people can be fucked up. Like, real fucked up. Yeah. But yeah. People fucked up if true. So, I could half say I know what happens, but mm -hmm. not completely. I also can't. Yeah, this is this is another one of the famous, famous-ish episodes. Yeah, because so. the, en the ending could be completely different. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I also don't... I know of this episode. I haven't watched this episode in a really long time. Or at all, maybe. I just, I just remember the short story. Alright. So. Cool. Well, I know what happens in that. <laughs> well, I'm excited to watch it. And talk about it next time. In the meantime, 
everybody out there in Radio Land. <laughs> if you'd like to reach out to us, you can uh, find us online at the Spooky Spot on Twitter, or you can email us at SpookySpotPod at gmail.com. Since it's been 84 years, I almost <laughs> forgot what our fucking things are. <laughs> Yikes. The narration at the beginning of our episodes is done by my friend Samara. Uh, you can find her online at Total Spiffage on Twitter and Tumblr. Um, she was in a video game that got released on the Switch. Oh. Yeah, it's called Wargroove. She plays a, a lady with blue hair and a suit of armor. Oh. Uh, when I get a Switch, I'm purchasing that game. Oh. Because she's in it. Damn. Yeah. Damn. So good for her. And your Switch is on the horizon. My, my Switch is very close as soon yeah. as I get my bonus money. Yeah. I'm going to do what Robbie would want me to do and buy a Switch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. That's fine. She's a real voice actor. Yeah. Well, she was before. Yeah. <laughs> she definitely was 100%, but now she's in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all that matters. That's all that really matters. <laughs> um... You can also hear me talking, if for some reason you didn't get enough, uh, <laughs> on the podcast Loop and Lottery, which can be found everywhere that podcasts are sold. <laughs> yeah. Until next time, stay spooky. Spooky.